0: Well, to show 127 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm and Joel. And I'm Josh. And
1: uh, doing my research for this show, we're talking about handheld games and mobile gaming. I don't remember the particular title, but I must have really been into this handheld billiards game because I have it in my notes. I got in trouble as a kid for constantly playing Pocket Pool.
0: <laughs> I am I so right happy where that was that's where that wound up. I, I knew
1: you knew because you started cracking up halfway through this. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Uh-oh. So
1: yeah, we're, we've are we already done like a video game consoles, but we're kind of zooming in and we're going to talk about mobile gaming from uh, the days of the Game & Watch all
0: the way up to the day of the smartphone and the tablet. Oh yeah, we can do a little uh, discussion going, I mean, are we, I don't know if we're going as far back as Game & Watch, we're going to chat about those, I don't think any of us actually owned any of those. Oh, I did. You did? Very yes, nice. I owned qu- quite
1: a few of the Tiger Electronics and I owned an official Nintendo Game & Watch. Nice. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay, all right. What? We'll later.
2: Save the to- save the show topic for when we get to the show. Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, yes. Don't go nuts now. <laughs> Normally, this would be the point where we would talk about network stuff. Well, but uh, if you listen to our last show, uh, you learned that uh, uh, Geek Life Radio, while we're st- we're still on Geek Life Radio, at- Saturdays at noon, but the musings of a geek network has closed its doors. Yes, thankfully we got out before
0: the doors closed.
1: Yes. Left- Otherwise, we'd be trapped in there with a left field sports lounge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So, also, if you want to check out our older shows, you can find us at iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. Or give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven.
2: Should Should we solicit uh, names for a possible, spoiler alert, new network?
1: Well, I think at this point we should at least talk about like a call to action because uh, we got a bit of a signal boost from the network, and whatever's next, we're not quite ready for it. But uh, how you can always help the show is introduce it to someone who isn't listening to it who you think would like it. Like yeah. Shoot one of our links to a friend on Facebook. Uh, talk about the show. Uh, bring other people into the 40 going on 14 Family. We've got a lot of listeners, and we've come to know and love Quite a few of you, yes.
2: uh, and or uh, 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 you can you know send us cash or sperm yeah. samples or
0: <coughs> whoa 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 we don't want cash. I mean it can get lost in the mail.
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, uh, let's let's just stick with them referring the show to other people. It's a little less sticky. Speaking of sticky, do we Speaking have some of feedback, feedback? We have voicemails. Oh, that was an odd transition.
2: I think you're using your voicemail wrong or right. <laughs> mm.
1: well, Make, yeah, let's hear from Charlie. Makes
0: it easy to do my hair. <laughs>
3: Fucker, so I'm in Houston and no cheesy rider, not adequate.
0: That so. Charlie.
2: Yeah,
1: that was Brian. No, uh, it wasn't Brian. I was going to say, someone was trying to impersonate Charlie, but uh, they were given away by the caller ID being in Chicago. That wasn't <laughs> that
3: wasn't Brian either.
2: It wasn't? No, because Brian was in Houston, and he hit me up. No, asking where I was, and I had to tell him. Brian I
3: doesn't to call tonight. in voicemails. He sends emails Whoever only. Whoever this person was. Was that Luke? Yes.
1: Oh, that was Luke mm-hmm. doing his Charlie impression. I fell for it. Ah,
0: nice. Well, all you really yeah. have to do is be drunk and angry. Well, I
1: angry. I, I, I was tipped off by the 773 area code. I was like, that's not Houston, and it's not Iowa. That's Chicago.
2: Chicago. Well, and then
1: the horns kick in. This one is also not from Iowa, and also not from Houston, and also not from Chicago. Uh-oh. A voice from the distant past.
2: Wait, how could this also be not from Chicago, because the first one was from Chicago? Quiet, you. <laughs> Well, what if I don't want my message to be played live on the air, huh? You don't have an option to, to leave a message if you don't want it to be put on the air. Well, if you guys are still recording, this is men. Uh, I'm back. Oh, wow. I expect some more ranty, raving, bitching from me because I just went back to my old job where I quit. Anyway, uh, called in for a reason. Say, I'm back. Charlie's not getting all the spotlight anymore. Like yes. I said, it's been a while. Can't wait to catch back up. Um, butts to the front.
1: <laughs> Excellent. So Listener, a.k.a. <clears throat> Nanomalas is uh, back with a busting out
3: of butts to the front. Where did he go? He switched jobs and at the other job and he then, didn't.
2: And then he quit again, apparently.
3: He wasn't able to listen to <laughs> podcasts at his other job. so uh, He, he like lost ever? touch.
2: Like, even in his off time?
3: That, I don't know. He's got, he's got a lot going on. So, Well, we have a
1: response to that one. Uh-oh. How do we have a response to that
2: one? I will not be ignored. <laughs> Uh, you got me. There, See that You got go. me.
1: So,
0: <clears throat> hey Josh, yeah,
1: we also had a ton of interaction on Twitter and on the Facebook page too.
0: I've been busy.
1: Um, <laughs> it's me too. Uh, we had uh, well, from the Facebook page from our good friend uh, from the way back, Matt Stony Hartman. All that, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he says, You said you guys haven't done any Burt Reynolds, and of course we all want to hear Joel's impression some more. So why don't you do a the longest yard show? that's an excellent idea.
0: That is a good idea. We can do that yeah. instead of the prisoner show. Adam to make a dick. <laughs> yeah We're
2: Doing the prisoner show. <laughs> I don't want to hear it.
0: It's not
3: gonna happen. Shut up. <laughs> We're gonna keep putting it off
0: and putting it off. You know, Joel, you I will, actually sound I quit at some point less what? like you sound like a cow impersonating him with that chomping. <laughs>
2: He, sound, uh. he sounds more like Norm McDonald's impression of Burt Reynolds than Burt
0: Reynolds himself. Mm. Mm. There you go. Astute. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not a cow. Woody Allen. It's...
1: Norm McDonald's eating peanut butter. Oh
0: my God, huh. it's at that time. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> this week in music, movies, and TV. All right, so this week, this weekend, is 1989, the release of the Game Boy. Bum, bum, bum. We're going to talk more about that later. I'm excited about this. this is what up.
2: happened to end sports? I'm still waiting.
0: Oh, Joel? Yeah. Uh, I do things in my own time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah.
0: All right, so this weekend, 1989, music, pa- Pamela Abdul's, Pamela? Pamela?
2: Pamela? Pamela? Who's Pamela Abdul? Who typed Pamela?
0: I don't know. That was
2: not me. I didn't that write was that. Not
0: one. me. I was Maybe you. Mu- uh, either way.
2: No, I didn't. I didn't do that. that I Probably swear. was me. I wish I'd thought of it.
0: Paula Abdul, straight up, is the number one song in the land. It's a good song. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's a, it's a good pop song. It is.
0: You, you know. can dance to it. Also, it
2: three out of five. Yeah,
0: this week also sees a release of two live crews, "Nasty as They Wanna Be," and Elvis Costello's "Spike." I bought one of those when it came out. <laughs> Guess which one.
1: Uh, probably not the
0: same one I bought.
1: <laughs> More than likely they not. They don't sell that one in Naperville. <laughs> I
0: didn't live in Naperville. Back then. I've never A- lived A- in Naperville. I-
2: Where did- oh, we're not going to go down this rabbit yeah, road? I- yeah, I'm
1: guessing that you bought Elvis Costello, and I definitely bought two Life crew. Oh, I'm sure. That's exactly Man.
3: it. We used to listen to that all the time in high school when we were driving around.
0: Elvis Costello? Yeah, Elvis Costello.
3: No, two Life crew.
0: How can you, of all people, be dissonant on Elvis Costello? You don't like Elvis Costello?
3: I uh, remember when uh, Veronica came out and the video, and uh, oh. I, I enjoyed it, but I was never a fan of his. I never like owned anything of his. I saw uh, him I,
1: live. I, I'm the
2: same way. I, I like him. I appreciate him, but I don't. I'm not a, like a big fan or anything. Yeah. I like yeah. I like a couple of his
0: songs. I only ended up seeing him live because he was opening for the Stones.
1: Ooh! Oh
2: nice. yeah, that
0: sounds. That good. was a good concert. I have I have an Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach CD with the two of them working oh, yeah. together. I remember when that came out. Yeah. So, anyway, enough of my CD collection. Yeah. Um, wait, oh, this milk stout's riding up on me. <laughs> <laughs> or I that was. It's- All right. Osborne Ruddock, better known as King Tubby, was a Jamaican electronics and sound engineer known primarily for his influence on the development of the dub in the 1960s and 1970s. King Tubby's innovative studio work, which saw him elevate the role of the mixing engineer to a creative fame previously only reserved for composers and musicians, would prove to be influential across many genres of popular music. He is often cited as the inventor of the concept of the remix, and so may be seen as a direct antecedent of much dance and electronic music production
3: wait wasn't he in uh, mike tyson's punch out
0: what did he do (laughs) and and what happened with him pat yeah what did he do in 1989
2: oh he died
3: (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't say that anywhere
0: like that's very nice i'm glad i know about this guy now but what happened yeah sorry he died on
2: february 6th (laughs) okay
0: jesus all right so movies February seventeenth has the release of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Tom Hanks's opus, The Burbs. I love both those movies. Yeah, uh, I saw them both in the theater. Yeah, I have
2: to this day still never seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
0: What? Oh, that's never right,
2: Keanu Reeves.
0: Keanu Reeves. It has not aged. Billions. well. No, it hasn't. I can agree with you on that one, Josh. I've I have it and I've watched it and it's not. It's
1: on Netflix. Although I will say it's aged better than
0: The Bogus Journey.
3: It's on Netflix. Why are you saying it like that?
0: Why not?
1: I have no designs to see that movie.
2: (laughs)
3: Would
0: you rather me say it like Burt Reynolds? (laughs) No. Uh, Also, the top movie in the land, (laughs) eventually making $6,751,371 is The Fly 2.
2: That's a very precise number.
0: I know, right? Electric Boogaloo. That's where uh, Jeff Goldblum had to save the community
3: center.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a horrible, horrible movie. I'm
0: here to save the community center.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any donuts?
0: (laughs) I actually wasn't impressed
1: with either of the Jeff Goldblum Fly movies.
2: You didn't like Brundle Fly?
1: Not so much. I mean, I I watched the original when the hype was coming out. Like, I went on my way to rent it from the library. And the final scene in the original creeped me the fuck out.
2: Yeah.
0: Where he puts the gun to
1: his head? What am I? No,
2: where he pukes on the guy's hand and melts it away. Oh yeah! No,
1: no I'm talking about the original, like the black and white. Oh, the very oh. first Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. the face. The final.
3: Help me! Help yeah. me! That yeah,
0: where he's it. trapped in the web. Yeah. yeah, that's a great movie though. Classic. I remember my dad came home with pizza and a movie, and the movie was The Fly. <laughs> nobody the wants the Jeff to Goldblum eat, one. The Jeff Goldblum one, because he, <laughs> he knew we liked the original. Oh, I'll get The Fly, you know, and nobody wanted yeah, it the pizza. Was,
2: it was excessively gory. I remember that. Yeah. Like my my favorite scene when I first saw it was when he uh, squeezed his finger and like all the it popped like a zit because it freaked me out so much. So TV
0: (laughs)
3: Moving
0: on (laughs) Uh, February 11th sees the death of George O'Hanion the voice of George Jetson
3: Well I guess Jane finally stopped this crazy thing
0: I like that one. That was a good one. Uh, i was glad had, somebody laughed. Well, it's because he hates <laughs> the Jetsons. That's why. <laughs> did you ever see the one with the... Um, the porn? No, not the porn. Uh, when they had... Uh, wow, what's his name? He was a lawyer. It was a... Oh, crap. Uh, Harvey, Harvey Birdman. Yeah, Harvey Birdman when the Jetsons are there and we come from the faraway future of 2002. And he looks at the calendar and it says like 2010 on it. <laughs> anyway... You know what? Fuck the Jetsons. I don't like them either. <laughs> On uh, February 16th, Charlie O'Donnell returns to the acronym of the week, which is W.O.F. Yes, that would be Wolfhounds of Fallatio.
1: <laughs> definitely an extreme sport. Wolf. Wow. Uh,
2: that... No, that's actually Wheel of Fortune.
0: Oh, good, I thought it was World of <laughs> So it's Dude, following it eight, off tonight nine-year absence. Wow. Yeah, seriously. I don't even know what he looks like. Went out to get some cigarettes but he never came back. Yeah. So, wait. <laughs> he, he he was the first
1: <laughs> host of Wheel of Fortune? Yeah. No, it no, wasn't no,
2: always. voice announcer.
1: Oh, the voice announcer. Okay. Oh. I thought it was always Pat Sajak, but... Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no,
2: uh, Pat Sajak, oh, uh...
3: What the hell was that? Was that? <laughs> I think uh, Fly just made an appearance. <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: that, was, that was my friend making noise.
0: He may be turning into a fly.
2: <laughs> I'll have him checked before he leaves.
0: Good. Um, so, sports. Craig George Kethart? Cathcart, Cathcart. Cathcart. A Northern Irish professional footballer who plays as a center back for the Watford and Northern Ireland national team was born February 6th. Cathcart returned to Watford in July 2014 on a permanent deal. I don't know what any of that means. I mean, I have a vague idea.
1: Yeah, he's a soccer player. He yeah. was
0: born in 1989. And then came back. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then uh yep. jockey, Chris Antley, begins a record of 64 consecutive winning days. Now,
1: is that a win place show like he was first place or was he just one of the win placer show
2: no no I mean I think that I'm not 100% but I think that was in the money shows so
1: okay okay that oh. seems I mean that seems more realistic than the horse he was riding winning 64 days in a row Cathcart. <laughs> So,
0: also... <laughs>
3: Put the horse before, before the cat cart. <laughs> yes.
0: Wu Zhequang is born February 9th in Taiwan. A professional pool player, he is nicknamed the Taishan Shintong, which means little genius from Taishan. Previously known as Wu Cha Ching, the spelling of his name was changed upon moving to mainland China and gaining Chinese citizenship just so you're not confused by all of that. <laughs> no, it's like
3: John Smith over there, so he didn't want to be, you know. Yeah. You were pretty close on
0: those.
1: Yeah, he got through that very
3: well. Mucha King. Well, you set him up with King Tubby. If he can make it through that without a problem. <laughs>
1: you know what? The King Tubby thing, uh, you joke, but I was looking at those sentences. I was like, these are the most strangely composed sentences and I'll give my credit, he did not stumble on any of them. Nope. That's because
0: I <laughs> am three beers into it. I think I've discovered what I need to do to get through this. <laughs> that's, that's,
1: the,
2: that's the sweet spot, three yeah, beers.
0: three beers and stop. <laughs> Alright, so there you have it. But the, I
2: thought that was pretty important, though, the guy, I mean, he pretty much invented the remix and the dubs and no, all that's that. No,
0: that, that is important, and we just wish we knew what he did to get on the tweet to begin with.
3: Well, yeah, he died. I thought it was Al Gore. <laughs> Dead.
0: Alright, so sure there you So, no. handheld gaming. Gaming with your hands. Yeah. Yeah. So long before we have the first Game Boy, a
1: lot of mobile gaming are these electronic devices. Now, most of them just had a couple of AA batteries, and they'd use an LCD screen. Mm -hmm. Usually the LCD would have specific images that could either be on the screen or not. Um, The sounds are like what you'd hear on an alarm in a digital watch. Uh, you'd have like chess games. I know, Pat. You said you had one of those.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more when you think of those games going back. I think the number one thing that pops into my head is the old school classic football game.
1: Oh yeah, the cl- that's one of the classics
0: from uh, Tiger Electronics. No, that one was Mattel. Was it? It was. It yeah, was Mattel. I think it was yeah. Uh, and you can actually get the exact game. It's still you can buy it at Target. They remade it. <laughs> Huh, because yeah.
1: uh, you and I must have had two different electronic football games, because I, I can uh, show you the image from the one I had, which was definitely uh, Tiger.
0: Okay, because the, um, the one that I had—actually, I had the I had soccer.
1: Yeah, it's in the uh, Facebook chat for the show. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to look
0: at this I, and see if that's the same one that I had.
1: Yeah, cuz I didn't have too many
0: sports related toys. But oh, no.
1: electronic football,
2: I had that one. Yeah, That was not mine. That was not the one I had. I think I had the same one Mike did.
0: No, see, I didn't have that one. This one here here's the one that I have currently on eBay for 49.99, which is probably what I paid for it the first time I bought it. Um where all the characters are these little red pips. Oh,
1: crap, I had that one too.
0: Yeah, four arrows to move around, a little picture of a soccer soccer ball to uh, make the shot. I had the basketball <clears throat> one. Yeah. That's Mattel. Where's and the football one? The football one's like that. It looks white, and the uh, it looks... Because um, that's out. the one I had, the football one. Yeah, you had the...
3: Uh, oh, yeah. Ah. I had these the Mattel ones like this, yeah. And these go back
1: to, like, the late 70s. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, they're remaking them. They're Mattel's putting them out again because they're like, hey, these people are buying this shit. So, I think um, I had the basketball <clears> one. Yeah, there was soccer, there was basketball, but that was, like, the beginning. Oh, the other one I had was... It wasn't Simon. It was yellow. It was like Simon, but yellow. Was Yellow Simon. Yes, that's exactly what it was, Joel.
1: Yeah, was but all Simon. of these games had very, very simple, like, arrows to move your LCD character left or right, sometimes up and down. There, and then if you collided with another LCD thing that would kind of jump around the screen, you'd usually either die or you'd get tackled if you were
0: playing football. Mm-hmm. So these were the very beginning of handheld games for my for me.
2: The one I put in the chat is the one that I had. It was a, a green bordered thing with red d- little <gasps> dashes in it, and you would like move the guy oh. up and down and up and down, trying to miss the, all the tackler. You know, all oh, the shit. Guys.
3: I had that one too, dude. We had this one also.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. That's one, and that one that you're looking at, Pat, is available in white from Urban Outfitters now. Hmm. So that's pretty huh. depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I look. I mean, that was. I
2: actually like Urban Outfitters. I don't, I don't
3: know why, but anyway. Okay. Are they next to Abercrombie and Fitch? Yeah. These Chinese usually. food makes me sick. Oh, shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the other line that uh, reached a lot of prominence when a character from it was put into the Smash Brothers fighting games would be Nintendo's handheld Game and Watch system.
0: Right. And the Game and Watch system uh, had what, uh, strangely, was known as Mister Game and Watch, this little black and white dude who was either impassive or screaming.
1: Well, yeah, and you'd have usually a button on each side. Sometimes you would have uh, a couple of buttons to control, like, left and right movement. But they had a whole bunch of them, and they usually had very, very simple titles, like Ball or Vermin, Fire. I actually owned two of these. Okay. I, I had uh, Octopus and Popeye. Oh, Popeye. Yeah. I have never heard of any of this. No? Uh, and no. No. Uh, You've got uh, what looks like a a very – like a brushed metal, very professional-looking – kind of front console with a mm-hmm. uh, couple of different buttons and uh, usually a pre-printed image on the screen. Uh, I, yeah, Octopus, basically, you were just trying to get your diver to the treasure chest, which was pre-printed on the screen before the octopus who could grab you.
0: Yeah, and then uh, they also this is also where they had the, the original Super Mario Brothers game, not the side-scroller one, but the one where you had to uh, knock the flies upside down and kick them off the ledge and that sort of thing. They had that one also that came out in 1988. But all of these, you know, run by a couple button cell batteries uh, are, like, huge. People are huge on collecting them now. So it's... But um, I never had one of these. But I had... I actually had a watch that had an LCD game built into it. Little uh, spaceships would fly down and you had, like, the the turret turret at the bottom that you had to... um, aim in three different directions and able to shoot those shoot the uh, spaceships out of the sky well before they got down to the very bottom. Man. Yeah, Is I that
2: watch that... why the kids used to beat
1: you up. <laughs>
0: No, there were many other reasons for that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had
1: a calculator watch that had a race car game on it as well.
0: Oh, yeah. I had one that turned into a robot. A watch? Yeah. Must have been a very small robot. No, he,
1: remember, he was rich.
0: Oh. It was just a, a full-size robot. Yeah. <laughs> he paid somebody to carry it around for him. Turned into a grandfather clock. What? <laughs>
2: So he would wear yeah. like,
1: flame flame.
0: so that was pretty much the extent of handheld games at that time. There was a Game and Watch, Tiger Electronics, and you know, Hasbro, they all made these games. But then, nineteen eighty nine, the Game Boy was released. The
3: world changed.
0: Honest to God it did. <laughs> it is the longest produced uh handheld I think it's the longest produced full just like full on system. Uh, Game Boy was released uh, First in 89 came packaged with Tetris Which immediately absorbed everybody's brain And I'm sure if anybody was like gonna remember the music da 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 da, da 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 Oh yeah Yeah I got Tetris and I got I got it for Christmas Tetris and Final Fantasy Adventure or no, Oh that was solid No not Adventure Adventure and in- it was Final Fantasy God, what was it Oh, but I I just played the hell out of this thing because I remember Super Mario World uh, and Tetris, of
1: course. Like te- I remember having a fever dream and playing Tetris like on the couch, and I didn't have my Game Boy with me. But I was I was running like a hundred and four degree fever, and I was obsessed with Tetris. So like I thought I was playing Tetris. Oh,
0: Final Fantasy Legend. It was out of wow, yeah final Fantasy legend that was the first one that I played, and it was fantastic you in the beginning, I remember you can choose you can play either a human mutant lizard or an you know different different monsters and as your Is character that two different things what's that mutant lizard mutant lizard Is that two different things yes, it was okay. You could be a. Mute- <laughs>
2: That'd be kind of fun. Mutant lizard.
0: Bleah. Yeah, but in this one, you as you leveled up, you would either gain or lose uh, skills. So it's like you go from level four to level five. You could gain fire, but then you would lose like the healing skill that you had. I think they had Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3. And then there was Final Fantasy Adventure, which is more like a, uh, a Zelda type of top-down top adventure game. So that was my wheelhouse on that thing. I love the RPGs. And every time... Okay, I hate to say it. My fucking brother would borrow my Game Boy and save (laughs) over my game. Many fights were had. <laughs> and he lost. Mm-hmm.
3: All of them.
1: Also, like, after the success of Tetris, you had a lot of the other ones, like Dr. Mario, Yoshi's Cookie. hmm Castlevania.
3: Oh,
0: yeah. There was yeah. a Castlevania yeah, a
1: Game Boy game.
3: I remember that one.
0: Now, Josh, you and I had talked about this for a little while uh, last week after in the post show, but uh, one of the other games that really absorbed my brain on the Game Boy was, the original one, was Nobunaga's Ambition. Oh, yeah. This one, Pat, you would love this game. It's all numbers. <laughs> <laughs> That's boss, fun. No, it's, I mean, it's like you have to, you have to, uh, it's, it's like a matter of balance. Imagine you know, like when you're playing Civilization, you have to balance out each of the each of the cities, so that way they're producing, and you have no unrest, and you've got the military and all that. Mm-hmm. That's is essentially what the game was.
1: Yeah, it's like the grandfather of grand strategy games. Like yeah, you guys have heard me talk about Crusader Kings, very similar, where you're managing an empire through a series of menus and screens. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, the Game Boy uh, was released in 1989. The smaller version, named the Game Boy Pocket, was released in 19. 96 which i own uh, <laughs> version with the all back. Right. Yep, the Game Boy Light was released in ninety eight. I have one of those, and then the Game Boy Color came out, which is backwards compatible with all the Game Boys. And if you take all of the Game Boys up to the Color, I believe I have to check this, but one hundred and eighteen point sixty nine million units Jeez. have been sold. That's a lot. That is a lot. How many? Did all of us have one? Yep, I had one.
2: I've never owned a Game Boy.
0: What? <laughs> you? We? I need to mail you one. Remember he was, I was gonna he say was yeah, the cool kid, so we probably have uh spares. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I have spares. I, I even have one, um well this this actually comes till till later, but um so yeah, Game Boy, it just completely changed playing. I mean, I used to uh, play at lunchtime, we'd play Tetris uh, with the link cable. You can plug in the cable into one side of the Game Boy and hook it up to somebody else. And uh, me and Kenny, Ken, yeah, him and I would play Tetris against each other on the uh, on the Game Boys at lunch until we got them taken away by the teachers.
1: And through this, like, initial 89, almost up to 2000, the Game Boy line was pretty much unchallenged in handheld gaming. Not that other companies didn't try, but why they didn't work, well we're about to get into that.
0: Yeah, so uh come around 1989, uh, in October, uh just a few months later, a Atari Lynx was released. Now the Atari Lynx was color, was left and right hand was ambidextrous depending you could flip it, flip it over and change the way that the buttons ran. The catch though, is that it well it played cartridges it really didn't have a, surprisingly even with Atari it didn't have a whole lot of third party support so you weren't getting a lot of games off of it but it did have Rygar man
3: mm-hmm. yeah. I still love that game Yeah. and
1: it was a 16 bit system where uh the Game Boy is was an 8 bit so it yeah. was more an analog to the NES uh, and where the Lynx looked more like a Super Nintendo mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah, did and
0: I didn't. I never had a Lynx. Did any of us have one?
1: Uh, uh-uh. I mean, the oh. thing was one hundred and eighty bucks.
0: Yeah, and it didn't have as many games as the Game Boy. No, and that's and that's the thing is that uh, you know, it it didn't have. I mean, I couldn't still couldn't get over it even to this day. It's like it was it was Atari. How could Atari not right. have? But uh, a little bit past that. In, yeah, uh, and we're
1: talking like <clears throat> double the price of the Game Boy, and by the time the Lynx came out, Game Boys were going for like $65, 70 bucks. Yeah, I still have my original Game Boy.
3: Well, and there could have been something else that we're not able to tell because we never had one. You know, there could have been the the playability, the way it functioned.
0: Uh, oh, I I played a Lynx. It was oh. it was a little uncomfortable because it's it's like you took a Game Boy and put the the controller, the cross pad at one one side and the buttons at the other, but it just didn't have it was more the software. They didn't just did not have the games. There was nothing like really outstanding about it. It wasn't something you'd be like, oh my god, this is like the hot game to play on the links. It was kinda like these are a bunch of games that are kinda similar to the other ones. So it, it was
2: like a handheld three DO But
0: remember cheap, those systems? Yeah, those were... but that I'm trying to think if it was cheaper or not, but I don't know if it was, but um but after that, give it a couple years later, nineteen ninety one Sega gets into the game with the Sega Game Gear. Uh, I have one of those. Still have it.
1: (laughs) I think all of my experience with uh, Game Gear is playing yours.
0: Yeah. I had uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I had... um Mortal Kombat, Crystal Warriors, Shinobi, I, Streets of Rage. Didn't you also pick up Magic of Scheherazade? Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I remember that was one of my favorite uh, wacky off-the-beaten-path RPGs from the NES, and seeing that was on Game Gear piqued my interest. Yeah. And
0: that, and I have, well, I mean, uh, Shining Force I also had. What was the other, name of the other one? guy uh, um, had Two Swords, Big Flat Hat, Chakan, the Forever Man. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, new. I was
2: about to say that. Yeah, I'm yeah.
0: Sure that, it, okay, it was a <laughs> it was a, really, it was a really good game. It was, it was a side scroller, but it was like that kind, almost Cthulhu esque type of thing.
1: Yeah, a guy who could not die, but he wanted to. I remember Chakan.
0: Yeah, they're all, they're all laughing, but I, I got you. Thanks, man. <laughs> Um, the cool thing about this one was it had a TV tuner that you can plug into the top, and then you can watch television on it.
1: The not-so-cool thing about it, don't get me wrong, it was oh no. a 16-bit system uh, with a gorgeous screen and some great software. The not-so-cool thing is it ran on six AA's and died after three
0: hours. Yep.
3: Wah, wah. There was no A C adapter or whatever. There was an A C
0: adapter and it was plugged into the wall of my bathroom. So I would regularly have leg numbing uh, rounds of <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog and all that. So Yeah, but if you have to be plugged into a wall, what's the point? Exactly. You might as well be playing it on playing it on the television. Um the, the thing that got me about it that I wish there was a way that they could handle the power on that somewhat a lot better because the games played really well I mean it, uh, Sonic was just as fast as it was when I played it on TV on the on the Genesis so I mean they did a good job on the system it's just six friggin AA batteries that died after three hours yep
1: and they got the price point right it was uh, launched at $150 instead of closer to 200 which like hitting the price point right we're going to see as a theme throughout these early Consoles as mm-hmm. to like messing that up it just kills you.
3: Oh yeah, I don't see it here. But did they ever release like a second generation or anything? Where oh, they the fixed Game Gear. That problem?
0: No, no, Game Gear never made it to second gen. It sold oh, 11, a lot, but but in the same thing, like the the Lynx sold less than five hundred thousand units. Okay, but the Game Gear sold over, uh, sold 11 million. Yep. So it was, it. I mean, it's not a, I wouldn't say it's a failure. I mean, 11 million units, that's a lot of stuff. Right. But you just couldn't get past the fact that, you know, it, as portable as it was, you needed a backpack full of batteries to get through a day. Game Gear,
3: sponsored by Duracell. Pretty much.
0: <laughs> now, Power uh, up your gaming. 91, the Turbo Express came out. Now, this was sweet. It was a 16-bit home console, a 16-bit handheld game system, also had a TV tuner, could watch television on it. The cool thing about this was, is that you didn't have to buy extra games. I I had a TurboGrafx-16, and I loved it. Bonk's Adventure was awesome. It was, you know, there's a bunch of games that I loved on that thing, and the games on this one, on the TurboGrafx, were on these little cards called Hue cards. They look about the size of a credit card. It used the same game. So you can take the game out of the Turbo Graphics and play it on your TV, plug it into this and play the same thing. Yep. Really sweet.
3: Man, I, uh, the more I, I, I mean, I, I didn't have a TurboGrafx, but my friend Chris did. So I used to go over at his place and play all the time on this TurboGrafx and... The more I hear about it, and then now seeing this, it just shocks me that it didn't do better.
1: Well, like it did. uh, as, uh, well, let's follow the pattern of Mike tells you what's awesome about it, and then I crap all over it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> because uh, we had the problem with the Lynx is partially it was too expensive, and we had the big problem with the Game Gear is yeah. that it ran six double A's for about three
0: hours. Now the, the Turbo the, Express has all the great parts of both of them.
1: Yes, it w- <laughs> launched at $249.99. Oof,
0: right. And 8 Bad after three hours. ate batteries <laughs> like a motherfucker. Oh my god! I still want one though because I still have my I still have my Turbo Graphics and I have Splatterhouse, the original Splatterhouse, mm-hmm. oh. and all that. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's what I loved about about the Turbo Graphics. Splatterhouse, Splatterhouse. Bong's Adventure. Um, they had it had great games. I wish NEC didn't you know desi- die. But um, huh? the cool thing about this one was if you remember the movie Enemy Enemy of the State. Yep. Uh huh. Uh, that this is the game system that they hid the chip. Been. That's-
1: uh, yeah. I mean they were it had state of the art components for its time. That was the problem with the TurboGrafx sixteen as well, mm-hmm. is that they didn't get the idea of we need to be able to manufacture this in mass quantities cheaply. Yeah. So their systems were always pricing themselves out of the market, as we discussed back in our console episode.
0: Oh yeah. And the turbo graphics mm-hmm. were as awesome as it was, I won't lie, it was it it's just really hard for someone to justify you know it it it's it started at 39999 mom dad i love you you got me that for christmas <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I picked up my turbografx 16 years later for like 50 bucks at a garage sale. That makes me so sad. And uh, uh I never got uh one of the handheld versions, the Turbo Express. Uh, yeah, the Turbo
0: Express was awesome. Uh, now you got
3: rechargeable batteries, so play on, brother.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, then, now we bitch if our phones die after like 12 hours. I know, right? Uh then there's something called the Mega Duck. <laughs> I don't know what this is about. Uh, it was Megaduck WG-108, also known as the Cougar Boy, was made by Time-Lex, not Time-X, Time-Lex, uh, and came on the market in 1993.
2: This whole thing sounds like a, a copycat. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. It is. It oh, totally yeah. Is. With such classic games
1: as The Brick Wall, Street <laughs> Rider, Bomb Disposer, Arctic
0: Zone, and Puppet Night. <gasps> I want to play Puppet, Puppet Night. Night. I would play a game called Puppet Night, when actually. it turn
3: into Scooby.
0: I don't know. <laughs> no, at least you're not, you know who. Um, so yeah, I just put that in because hey, the. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, Mega Duck was an awesome name for a game system. So, All right.
3: I'm looking this up now because I got to know what Puppet Knight is. Well, it looks like it was. Sounds, like
2: the, the, <laughs> sorry, I was say, sounds like the next M Night Shyamalan movie.
3: Yeah. It, it says it was a Bomberman clone. Yeah, oh, okay.
2: It,
1: it looks like this was sold mostly in the Netherlands and mm-hmm. also was released in France and Germany. And it was distributed by Cougar USA as the Cougar Boy, which does <laughs> not sound like. <laughs> A underage gay porn star at all no
2: not at all
0: <laughs> so cougar boy and the bear <laughs> yeah getting past the mega duck and the cougar boy we go to the virtual boy which is quite possibly the name
1: for a band oh god don't google cougar boy
3: <laughs> <laughs> i was about to hit enter
0: so, Josh has gone blind. The Virtual Boy. I don't know why it's classified as a portable system. It is a VR helmet or mask that you put on your face. Everything is in this weird red color. It's got a full-on controller. You had to put it on a table and able to be to be able to play it, and then it made you vomit after like three minutes. <laughs> Came out in ninety-five. But Did uh, the
3: batteries run out?
0: Uh, no. It, well, it probably, but you couldn't really carry it because it. It's the size of like the visor on Robocop's helmet,
2: and it sold for thirty eight hundred dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually one seventy nine ninety five, oh. which wasn't too bad. Uh, that's yeah. not bad for vomiting. This is Nintendo's second lowest selling platform after the sixty four double D. <laughs> Which was a disc drive system uh, for for the Nintendo sixty four. Like,
2: that goes along with Cougar Boy, Cougar yeah. Boy and sixty four double D.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, it was. It don't was, Google
2: that, Josh. No, yeah.
0: but I, I learned my lesson. Uh, this one was so bad that they actually, the inventor of it, they made him go to a tech show and just dis- and sh- like show it off there. It was yeah. like a punishment for him. It was terrible.
2: Your punishment is you have to tell everyone you invented this. Yeah, that was Basically, pretty much it. yeah.
1: I-, I remember we actually went into a fair amount of detail on this one back in our consoles show. So if you want more information about the virtual boys, uh, 256 Shades of Red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Do you like the enamel on your teeth? No? Then the Virtual Boy is for you. Vomit away your cares as you play games that are on the system. Sorry, I petered off there. I lost my train
0: <laughs> So uh, after that came out The Nomad, <laughs> which which if I yeah. could say, well, no, just say oh, it's a portable Genesis. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And again, um, really expensive. Came out priced at, sh- what did it get priced at? I don't even know. Uh, it's it literally is a handheld Genesis because it takes the Genesis cartridges. So they they looked at the um, the Turbo Turbo Graphics one and were like, "Hey, we could do that," and it worked out just as well. Batteries died. Yep immediately, I had one for, I found it on Clearance at Toys R Us, and I know I have a pile of Genesis games, and I took it home, and I sat down and played Sega the, I played uh, Sonic the Hedgehog for an hour, and it ate up all my batteries in that time. Yeah, this was
1: another one where they just didn't learn that poor battery life and a high price point are uh, a recipe for disaster, and by this point people were getting suspicious about a handheld released by anybody that isn't Nintendo.
0: Yeah, basically that's it. It's like it, it the Game Boy, they did that so well for two reasons. One, the Game Boy is pretty much indestructible. Have you have you seen there's a um I want to say in this, I think it's in the Smithsonian, there is a Game Boy there that was actually hit by a mortar shell in Iraq and still plays Tetris. Hmm. Yeah, they've got it plugged in, it's running, it's like this little char with a screen on it, but it's still running, it's still running Tetris. So in other words,
3: they they, uh, created something near perfection and uh, nobody could top it so far
0: really it is because i mean there is always a new version of the game boy coming out in the meantime uh the r zone came out
1: now the the r zone is really only worth even being a footnote in this episode because it was developed once again by our friends from the classic football games and the lcd era of tiger
0: electronics Mm -hmm. yeah and the cool thing about it was is that it was a 3d system kind of
2: how long did it take before you vomited using this?
0: Probably a little bit less than the, than the other one because what this was is actually a strap you put to your you put on your head, and there oh, was no. a plastic hand, a like arm that came out with a lens on it, so you only really saw it with one eye. Yeah,
3: so, so Pat should play the descent on this. Oh yeah, descent. I should I should never ever touch this thing.
1: Also, the uh, viewer for the eye was actually the center of the game cartridge because the game cartridge center was a clear LCD screen, and the image was projected. Mm-hmm. Through the middle of the cartridge.
2: That's cool. I'm getting nauseous just hearing that. Yeah, it's
0: a it's a cool idea. But I mean, here's the thing: is that they had a Star Wars game, they had a Virtual Fighter game, Men in Black, Batman, and Jurassic Park game. So huh. somebody thought this would do well you
2: too can puke on a t-rex
0: <laughs> that's my dream
3: <laughs> so there Jurassic was Hork.
0: There was another version <laughs> it's awesome it was actually funny man i have to give you you get a joel buck um <laughs> Aww. so there was actually another version of this that came out called the xpg which was the extreme pocket game spelled with an x it was in 90s folks we didn't know any better <laughs> Right. Um so anyway, so that's like I said, just a footnote and the other the bonus to it was when you played it, you looked like an idiot. Wait, oh. Because you had this lens thing sticking out on the front of your face.
3: And then Google Glass.
0: Right. Uh or well, wait. So, um so then GameCom came out. Also by Tiger Electronics. We'll try this again. Didn't work. Um <laughs> Cartridges. It just, the, the neat thing, the reason I put this one in here is that it actually could hook up to the internet. Unfortunately, it was at a 14-bowed, yeah, pretty much. It yeah, was, it had a 14 modem. It had a 14 modem in there that you had to plug in, which, again, cuts down on the portability. Yeah,
1: this thing was kind of ahead of its time. It also had a stylus and a touchscreen. Mm-hmm. Huh.
0: Yeah, it was... Was it, this the first
2: mass-produced
1: touchscreen? Oh... Uh... Uh... I don't, well, I mean, it sold fewer than 300,000 units, so mass-produced... Kind of. I mean, I guess technically. I mean, it had some decent software support. It, ran, it had a Duke Nukem game. It had uh, the Mortal Kombat trilogy. Yeah, it had Monopoly and Wheel of Fortune and Wheel of Fortune 2. And it was going to get uh, some bigger titles before the uh, system obviously was not going to make it. Like, uh, they had announced a Castlevania game, a Metal Gear Solid game.
0: Yeah. Capcom versus Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. Pat Sajak chucking letters at you. That would be. (laughs) (laughs) Vanna, pick me a letter. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. Yes, but
2: that is the worst Vanna White impression I've ever heard.
0: (laughs) Part
1: of the problem is that the internet service for it was exclusive to that device. Right. And the initial launch lineup for years was just about 20 games, and some of them sucked. Mm -hmm. And this is also past the.
0: When was was the release date on this one?
1: This would have been year. It, well, Nin-
0: 1997. 97. So let me check one thing. Game Boy Color, 1998. Okay, so the Game Boy Color came out in one year later. So this one, any traction that this one got immediately got blown out by the Game Boy Color coming out the next year. But, and again, 14.4 modem. Um, and, you know what I forgot about? The Game Boy Color also had an IR Blaster on the top of it. So you could play, um, my big game on that one was, you play Pokemon, you can just like point them at each other and you play against each other off the, over the IR Blaster. Mm-hmm. So, but Neo Geo Pocket came out after this. Uh, and also Neo Geo Pocket Color. This one is such a great system it really is like they actually figured
1: out the battery life thing
0: exactly I got this when I was working at Wizards of the Coast um the game uh there was a GameStop up there that sold you know explained it to us figured it out a bunch of us got it and we played SNK versus Capcom card fighters against each other all the time in the store um and SNK versus uh SNK versus Capcom was like take all the SNK like fighter games like um helping out, Josh with the SNK ones, I'm not not big. On uh,
1: that. King of Fighters,
0: yeah, <clears throat> uh, Samurai Showdown, right. So take all those characters and put them up against the Capcom ones that you've got uh, Street Fighter and you've got Darkstalkers and all that. But it was a card game, so kind of like Magic, but playing it with uh, Street Fighter characters. And we played it all the time. I actually have two of these because uh, game uh, a GameStop a few years ago, a few years ago long time ago, probably about 10 years ago. Got a hold of a bunch of these and was selling them with the system and six games for like 50 bucks. And I picked up a bunch of the games that I wanted just on that.
1: Yeah, this this is almost a story of like, what I imagine is this is a good device, but by the time it got released, nobody cared. Like, people have seen uh, Game Boys be successful and they've seen all of these other things and then they see the commercial for the Neo Geo Pocket and they're just like, Fuck you! (laughs) I'm not
2: falling for that shit again. Yeah, Yeah. I bought
1: myself a Game.com and a Nomad and a Mega Duck (laughs) and an Atari Lynx.
2: And a Cougar Boy, and he was fine, but other
1: than... Puppet
3: Knight sucked.
1: Yeah, and by that point, there was just so much fatigue from all of these devices that this one just never got a chance, which is a shame, because on paper... It's the best of the systems from this early era.
0: It doesn't it, have the best lineup, obviously. Nintendo killed when it came to games, but this one also. I mean, it had Metal Slug, uh, which is a great. I don't know if you have played a side sh- side-scrolling shooter.
1: Oh yeah, it's, uh, it had a pretty good lineup. Just couldn't compete with Nintendo. Well,
3: no. I remember the Neo Geo arcade stuff was was always it it it, it all felt kind of similar. Each of the games, but it was always it was always good, solid games.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, and this one. So I can imagine it. Yeah, it's carried it, that. It was just a. It was solidly built. The one that I have still runs. I mean, and whenever you know, I want to play uh, whatever games I have for Fasali and all those other ones. Um, there's uh, Fasali, It's like a, it's like a robot game, um, but there's a oh. bunch of games in there that you can't find anymore. I mean, they also partnered with Sega. And they've had Sonic the Hedgehog was on this. So, I mean, there was a lot of great games that came out for it, and you had the link cable, and you had... Well, you had to get a little... I got a little light to put on it, because unfortunately, they didn't have backlight games on this yet, but... That's uh, probably why the battery life issue was figured out. They're like, oh,
1: the backlight's was killing it.
0: Yeah. So then you got this little LED light that you put on the top, and you played it that way. But, I mean, they Mm. had Fatal Fury, uh, they had King of Fighters, um... Metal Virtual Slug, fighters? Virtual Fighters, no, oh, but there were system. you know there was a bunch of uh, sports games, Pac Man, uh, you know they had it had your standard uh, uh, fighters, but it also had one of the one of my favorite ones was SNK Gals Fighters, which is just took all the female characters out of the SNK world and put them up against each other. That'd be Jay's favorite. <laughs> so and the other cool thing but about It Car- always
2: was Jay and Mike picking the female fighters. The two of them,
0: mm-hmm. yep. yeah, pretty much. I have no shame. Uh, so <laughs> SNK versus Capcom the other thing that was cool is that there was it was like um, Pokemon there was a Capcom version and there was an SNK version so you can get cards and characters from one that you couldn't get from the other and you had to play each other to get the whole collection so. That's all I have to say about that.
1: All right, so before we go to the break, there's just a little footnote uh, about a little console called the Wonder Swan. I own a wonder Swan.
3: <laughs> Stop playing with me, swan!
1: Th- this <laughs> was released by Bandai Namco, and it probably would have been entirely forgotten, but it got to 3.5 million units sold basically on the strength of all of the Bandai Namco games. Uh, plus, it uh, got a couple of Releases from like Konami and from like Koai. Uh, oh yeah, it had Digimon and Gundam games. Oh yeah, Puzzle Bobble uh, would have had uh, like from the same kind of games as the Nobunaga games we were talking about. Sankogushi mm-hmm. was the
0: same kind of game. Yes, yeah, SquareSoft made remakes of Final Fantasy uh, One, Two, and. 4. Four for this one mm-hmm. I bought this one night when I got drunk and got on eBay <laughs> I own bad, a Wonderswan. I read the description it was like a detective style noir RPG that came with the one I got and also a oh. RPG that was set in um Amer- like American Indians Amer- uh, teepees and shit true um- <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. What, I will find a picture Native of this Americans, game. Americans, I think, is what you're. Native American, t- no, t- no, and shit. no. That's exactly what this <laughs> game looks like. It's teepees <laughs> t- and shit. And this showed up like a week later. I think I paid maybe thirty bucks for it, Man. and I was like, "Awesome! My wondrous one is in here. Is here, and everything is in Can- is in Chinese, every Japanese or whatever the hell it was. Let's I couldn't read- Korean. The Korean. I couldn't read anything on this. Probably
1: in Japanese. Probably looking at. Uh-
0: yeah. Uh, where it was released. Yeah, more than likely Japanese. Um I quietly put it away. <laughs> I don't think Suzanne knows that I bought this. <laughs> Oh. So, but yeah, but no, I mean, honestly, though, I when putting it in, I, well, I do have to say one thing though the graphics are really good on this. I mean, they
2: don't know what I'm doing or
0: saying, the whole yeah, time, but, don't know what's going on there, but there it is. So, but well, it looks nice. Don't drink in eBay, folks. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> when lesson.
1: we come back, we're gonna talk about some of the other consoles where uh, Nintendo comes back roaring once again defeating all challengers and then mobile gaming gets weird as people start moving away from handheld consoles and going to tablets and phones
0: yep all right we'll be back in a little bit and tell you how to play with your hands what I already know yep <laughs> Hello, folks. We are back talking about things to do with your hands. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we Not ended... <clears throat> In the last, uh, the last half with me drunkenly buying a Wonder Swan.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically the Game Boy came out and <laughs> rapidly just schooled all comers. It's just like you know what we're going to release the same thing but with color.
0: And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> well, they actually changed it up with the Game Boy Advance. The cool thing about the Game oh, Boy yeah. Advance, they added two more buttons. Which I mean, it doesn't sound crazy, but they're the trigger buttons at the top. And it really did change the way you play the game.
1: Oh, yeah. I was talking about the Game Boy Color. Oh. Game Boy Advance is my jam. Like, I love this thing.
0: Oh, GBA is awesome. Yeah. I've got a ton of Game Boy Advance games. Uh, The Game Boy Color was fantastic. It really was. Because one day, I mean, the the other thing was they're like, oh, hey, cool. I like how you made your console kind of blue. We're going to go with translucent purple. We're going to make a... uh, This is, I think, when they started rolling out on the Game Boy Color was the, like, Pokemon exclusive ones. Oh yeah. Which people just ate those up. You know, it was like the yellow one that had Pikachu on the back and that sort of thing. I won't lie. I was all about I you know, I love playing myself uh, you know, the Pokémon games. Those were just, oh, yeah. it's a and, lot of fun. Okay,
1: fans, I'm sure we're going to do the Pokémon show someday.
3: Mhm. <laughs> I feel a cold coming on that week.
0: <clears throat> you guys are gonna have to suck it up. Play yourself yeah. some Pokemon. Josh and I can carry the show. Don't worry, we're used to oh, it.
3: Oh, either
1: that, I uh, watch the anime. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to that. Yeah, show.
0: I'll try
3: and catch them all before then.
0: Yeah. So the Game Boy Advance came out in two thousand and one. It was a little bit different because up until this time, all all the Game Boys had been a vertical position with the uh, crosshair, the cross on on the left-hand side, and the two buttons on the right-hand side with the screen above them. The Game Boy Advance came out, and the buttons were on the right, crosshair on the left, and two trigger buttons on the top which really changed the way you play a lot of the games.
1: Yeah, with the D-pad operated by your thumbs and then your index fingers hitting the triggers, it felt a lot more like a Super NES
0: controller. Yeah, it really did. And this, the let's see, I got this one. Why did I get this one? The D-pad. Yeah, the d No, I know Suzanne bought me this one because you knew I wanted it really bad. The other cool thing was there was a lot of connectivity with this one because it would link up to the uh, GameCube. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was uh, uh, Final Fantasy games that you could actually play on the TV, and almost kind of like the Dreamcast had the little screen on the... Oh, yeah.
1: My brother and I actually each owned a a Game Boy Advance, and uh, he was never a big video gamer, but we played the hell out of the Game Boy, uh, what was it, Crystal Chronicles?
0: Yeah, that's it. Where
1: you had to have a Game Boy Advance as the controller, Mm -hmm. because your inventory screen was on the game, and it was this... Cool action RPG.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and the cool thing about that one, I, I remember playing that because you had to like the whole world was poisoned, and you had to hold on to this like chalice, and you could only fight. You could if you stepped outside the radius of the chalice, then you would start uh losing health. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it's like a bucket of anti poison, and like you couldn't really fight if you were holding the bucket.
0: <clears throat> right. um The cool thing about this one, well, actually, not the cool thing about this one, this one did not have a backlight. Uh, So that's when uh, everyone started getting the little more of the little lights that hung over the top or the little fold-out ones. I went a little bit further. I bought something Mm -hmm. called an afterburner. It was a internal lighting system for the Game Boy, so you had to literally take the Game Boy apart, take the screen out, and install this lighting system in the screen. So I was able to play it. You know, the, I, I installed a backlight system in mine. That's how much of a nerd I am. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: was, I think, the my first exposure to a genre of game that I just became obsessed with, and it sounds like Japanese dating sims. Oh, no, I, that's, that's a PC thing. <laughs> and I've played those. But no, I'm talking about the Japanese farming RPG. Ah. The Harvest Moon type where you've got this farm that you own and you have to take care of animals and plant crops and have go into town and sell your crops and uh, talk to the various villagers and develop a relationship. Maybe you'll marry one of the villagers in town and mm-hmm. have kids. Like, there are so many of these Harvest Moon games, and I just, I don't know what it is. There's something just calming about going through your daily tasks and generating. I, I guess it's my fascination with any it's, game that has an economy.
2: It's like being a wall salesman in a bar. I, yeah, I guess, Yeah. <laughs>
1: It probably scratches that same inch. It's the same reason why I love, like, a Euro Truck Simulator. It's anything that's got an in-game economy, even if it sounds boring. Like, the economy is enough for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we know. Right? They eventually discovered that this would sell, be- sell better if they put a backlight in so in 2003 they re- revealed the game boy advance sp i don't know what the sp stands for so uh, but it's the clamshell version that you see shark penis shark be yeah, a game boy advance shark penis of edition it's the one that folds over and it's got a little button you can adjust the light you know on on the on the backlight um Mine is upstairs in my bag. It's incredibly durable, (laughs) just like all the other Game Boys. Um, The weird thing about this one was is that they took out the uh, headphone jack. There was well, no how way hear it. To, well, I mean, there were speakers, but there was oh. no way to plug it in and listen to the music in a headphones. You eventually they came out with a headphone plug that would have to plug into it, but there was no headphone jack on this one, so which is kind of weird. Wow, yeah, weird so you could never.
2: Yeah, you would always be bothering people with your gameplay.
0: Yeah, or you'd pretty, have to turn the sound down. Turn the sound down, or get this little adapter that you'd be able to listen to the music then. Um, in two thousand and five,
1: hang on, there was something oh, also unique about this. This is also the first handheld console uh that was widely received that instead of having uh batteries that you had to put into it that Mm. just had an adapter that you plugged into the wall to
0: recharge the internal battery and that was and i won't lie this thing will carry a charge for years oh yeah if you're not playing it you know how you pick up your phone after after a day and it's dead just from sitting there this one will let the charge last forever uh, again, I've gone through two of these, worn them out. Mine oh, curr- yeah. yeah. Mine currently is up uh, upstairs in a uh, – I've actually found a molded aluminum shell for it, so I take good care of that thing. Mm-hmm. But um, Yeah, you can play these things
1: for 18 hours without the light on, mm-hmm. and the sucker charges in three hours flat. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, really. <clears throat> well, here's the other thing. Uh, then came out in 05 was the Game Boy Micro. A little bit bigger than a credit card, a little bit th- well, a lot thicker than a credit card. You could switch through face plates on there, different face plates, one that had flames, one that had camo. The cool thing about this is that they reduced the screen size to make it that you can it's a, say it's a little bit wider than your average uh Bic lighter, okay? You could stick you stick it in your pocket and go anywhere with it. They reduced the size of the screen, but they kept the amount of pixels or uh, um, yeah, pixels. Uh, and so you had an incredible screen on this thing. I I still use mine. Still, again, keeps working. Rechargeable batteries. Nintendo, good job. In case you're listening,
3: <laughs> in case you,
0: yeah. So, if you are, um, hit us up. Right on. We'd like to hear from you. We love to. We, we're looking for a sponsor. Nintendo. I think we have a good. We have a good relationship. Um, after this came out something called the N Gauge.
1: The N-Gage was a weird beast because, and maybe we should divert after we talk about it into the world of PDAs, but like it wanted, it saw the PDA and the phone and the gaming console as a single device which is what we have in today's modern smartphones but instead of like making a sleek functional device that's the best of all worlds they made a space taco yeah it's like this is a shitty uncomfortable phone and a shitty uncomfortable gaming system
0: yeah the the thing about the first engage you weren't able to swap out cartridges or or, uh the cards for the had the games unless you uh took out the battery pack on the back you had to you had to disassemble basically disassemble it and be able to uh, reassemble it to put the game in.
1: Yeah, like the old-school phones where you'd change your SIM card. Yeah. That would be basically how you would change your
0: games. Which was a huge pain in the ass. The other weird thing was they decided that they were going to put the speaker and the the, uh, microphone for the phone at the very top edge. So you held the phone perpendicular to your head is the best way to put it. So you were talking into the they call it taco talking. I don't even know. It The thing looked like a taco <laughs> yeah, to begin with. They call it now. Yeah. And you, you held it perpendicularly so you looked like an idiot when you were either playing it or uh, listening to or uh, making a call on it. And it was
3: expensive. Yes. I, I was working at uh, the other call center for a cell phone company that will not be named uh, when this came out or when they and yeah, I remember people calling asking about it.
0: Yes. I owned one. Actually, I take it back. I owned an engage QD came out in 2004, founded at GameStop, super cheap. They were looking to get rid of it. I'm like, what the hell? I it, listened to some of these games. They, they had an elder skulls game on it. Oh, they had Tony Hawk. They had Virtua cop. They had a uh, Rayman red faction, uh, riffs game in there. There was also, let's see what else did I had. I had Catan, uh, pandemonium was another game on there that was really awesome um then pandemonium was that one uh, original wasn't one of the original playstation games where you play like a jester remember that one josh vaguely yeah um but there were a ton of games on there. Uh, the root, Roots, Gates of Chaos. I know that was one of them. I don't remember. I owned it, but I, I wound up selling it to this dude over Craigslist, convincing him that this would be the awesome phone that his high school age kid would want.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. And despite the fact that Engage was a punchline almost immediately
1: when it came out. Yeah.
2: yeah. Is it supposed to be pronounced Engage or Engage?
1: Engage. Everyone she didn't always, even make the name clever. It could have been engage. I think that it was a play on words and everyone was so distracted by the fact that it was a giant silver taco <laughs> that they completely missed that.
0: Yeah. I had it for a while. I mean, it I I bought it I literally bought it for like 30 bucks. I could swap out my SIM card and put it in there and then go back and just go back to my regular Nokia. Um it It was all right. I mean, the games for the time, for a game on a phone, it was actually a lot better than you expect you would have, considering that the high game at that time was like Snake. Oh,
1: man, Snake. Well, this was also the era of the personal digital assistant. Now, did any one of us have Palm Pilots or anything like that?
0: Do you really have to ask? (laughs) Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. I Uh, did not. Me too. I didn't have a Palm One. I started up in the Palm Three.
1: I got I my first one was the Palm Three C. Okay, uh, I, it was on a Las Vegas trip where I was up huge. I was up like seven eight hundred dollars. I'm like, I need to buy a big ticket item. I'm just gonna blow this on. Oh, like, I remember the story. Oh yeah,
3: and <laughs> Pat got all excited.
1: I'm not gonna tell the story because it's, it's a not, good story, <laughs> but it's not entirely uh, appropriate for the podcast. No, but the upshot is, I did get my Palm Three C, and in addition to like having all the phone numbers and having all of the like calendar stuff. It also had a fair number of pretty decent games. Like, this was my first exposure to Bejeweled. Yep. Uh, original, like, roguelike-style RPGs. In fact, I had a version of uh, Rogue for the Palm IOS.
0: Yeah, I had I had a Palm Pilot for a long time. I've For the longest time I've had Palm Pilot have different uh, versions of PDAs. Um, they The cool thing about it was is that initially it was so much open-source uh, programming that you can get these really cool, like, Final Fantasy-type games that were built in. That you can just download off, off the web pages and load them up. Um, Final Fantasy games. They also had a lot of the text-based games that we had talked about in previous shows. Like Zork, you can get that. You can, there's a bunch of other, uh, you know, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And those games that were also you can get on the PDA. Now... During this time, in 2003, a company named Zodi- uh wait, Zodiac or Tapwave made Yeah,
1: Tapwave a- made the Zodiac in 2003.
0: Right. I had a Zodiac. I found Of a- course you did. Of course I did. Yeah. did.
1: That's not a surprise.
2: Not
0: a surprise. I had a Zodiac for a day. Um, <laughs> that's a that's day. That's a surprise. Yeah. It's... Um, it came out, it was at $299. I want. I bought it for like $40. I found it at Fry's, like in the clearance rack. And I'm like, hey, what the hell? It ran off of Palm OS. I got a copy of Duke Nukem Mobile, which played just as well as you think it would. Uh, <laughs> what a mess. Now, these are the exclusive titles that they had. They had Doom 2. Duke Nukem Mobile GTS Racing Spy Hunter Tiger Team which I don't remember what the hell that was Tony Hawk but everybody had Tony Hawk and then they had Z-Pack Adventure and Z-Pack Fun because you can't have fun and adventure at the same time you have to have them separately it's like the anti-math right (laughs) they also had a unreleased Neverwinter Nights demo Hmm. I had it for a day I played uh, Duke Nukem on it and was like this is shit (laughs) <laughs> it was terrible. Um it was basically all the games were rewritten to be able to function on a Palm Pilot OS and they released the game in 2000 released it in 2003 and TapWave went bankrupt in 2005. Wow, yeah, they right. lasted that long, huh? Pretty much, yeah. But November 21st, 2004 came out the nintendo ds which is the way pretty much everybody from now on pretty much sees uh the game boys which is that clamshell version one screen up top one screen on the bottom four buttons on the right triggers in the crosshair um i got yeah yeah the d-pad i got this one with a sims game from suzanne after i got clipped and she's like, "Hey, <laughs> that, that was that was a trade off." I'm like, "All right, I'll do this, but you gotta buy me a Game Boy."
1: Oh man, yeah, I, I might be doing that this year. I wonder what I can get. Oh,
0: dude, you can don't, probably don't get sell it. that low. Yeah, seriously, go for a little bit higher than the Game Boy. I bet. I mean, for the amount of frozen peas I went through, I bet I could have gotten a hell of a lot more than that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a suggestion. Uh, oh god! Good. Oh god! Here we go. <laughs> Is it
1: podcast appropriate? Nope. Okay. Where is the line
0: really on said. podcast appropriate for us?
1: Well, no I, I have a pretty good idea of what <laughs> Pat's suggestion might be, which is why I asked <laughs> I'm trying to save you editing exactly oh. you think I edit this shit <laughs> <laughs> I think you would yes yeah. so i the original ds though you know it's kind of bulky and
0: weird the other yeah i I do agree with you it's huge it i mean Thank you. it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Pat. Uh-huh. Um,
3: and we're here again. Yes. Yeah, so-
1: yeah, I mean, it's got the touchscreen on the bottom, which also has, uh, it's a functional screen as well as being a touchscreen, and then the second screen up top, but it's like, I don't know,
0: inflated almost? Well, the original one was. Yes. I mean, a DS, the DS, the cool thing about the DS is that, especially for myself, who I play a lot of RPGs. Organizing inventories and organizing, you know, uh, uh, all that stuff on the screen was so cool. Especially when they really got a handle on what they could do with the with the touch screen. Um, there's other games that play. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it's not coming to me. Where they'll. The touchscreen actually functions as like a spell casting. So you have to draw a specific glyph on the screen in order to be able to to cast a spell. There's. They, they really took this touchscreen thing and, and ran with it. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Like I picked it up once they re released it with a much uh, higher quality, brighter screen, smaller package, sleeker as the DS Lite.
0: Yeah, the DS Lite is. I've. I still have my, again, have my DS Lite. Mm-hmm. I traded in my original DS again because it was bulky, and when the DS Lite came out I'm like, why do I want this much more plastic in my pocket? The uh, Eventually they came out with the DSi which was, I guess, for internet. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, yeah, that was one that I didn't get, but I saw it, I was like, okay. Yeah. The DSi has a camera uh, built into it. You can, in the center, you can take a picture of it. Now the one of the cool things that they did with the DS was, have you ever played the Zelda game on the DS, Josh.
1: Oh yeah, I've I've got Zelda. Uh, got a bunch of games for this. I still play this sometimes.
0: Oh yeah, and the cool thing is, like, they actually incorporated the everything down to the microphone that's built into the center of it. So there's a portion in one of the Zelda games where you have to blow into the microphone uh, to, I think, just to get your sail the sail going on a ship or something like that. But even down to the fact that it closes like a clamshell. Uh, there was one point in one of the Zelda games that. That you're trying to copy something onto something else, and real. You finally uh, dawned a man on playing it. That you bring up the picture of what it is. You close the game system itself. And when you open it up, it's copied itself to the top screen.
3: Oh, neat! See? Yeah,
0: it really is. What? So, and that's Nintendo actually took a lot of time to bring that out and to actually to work those uh, those that into the game system, into the games itself. So, And you had a couple of wildly
1: experimental types of games that could only have been played on something like this. I, I remember one I got that I loved was from Atlas called Trauma Center Under the Knife. You're p- playing a surgeon and your stylus is your scalpel. Yeah. So you're actually like <clears throat> cutting open a, a patient and removing tumors and applying bandages and performing... It's not a tumor. All these like intricate procedures. That's pretty cool. Yeah, was awesome, yeah. And of course, you got the brain games, which I think are what like everybody. This is the one you've got, right, Pat?
2: All right, so yeah, what I have is the uh, DS Lite. Actually, um, I bought it for my father back in the day uh, for be able to take you know do the Brain Age thing. And I plan on actually playing it again now when I can find the Brain Age game. That it. Came oh with. yeah,
1: those brain trainer actually, games. Let me, let me let me check the pouch here. Hold on. Wait. Uh, they were marketed
0: as I, uh, I, to I, adults. To, I don't like, know what if I. Your, I don't know if I want to know what he finds in his pouch. <laughs>
2: no, I found the Brain Age game in the pouch of the the thing that the DS was in. Sweet.
0: Cool.
1: So. I actually think Brain Age is the superior brain trainer game between that and Big Brain Academy.
0: Oh, yeah. Big Brain Academy came out after Brain Age.
1: Plus, if I remember right, Brain Age also has Sudoku. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was what I used it mainly for. I mean,
2: I, I, I took the Brain Age test like once a month.
0: Yeah. But- and Brain Age has a floating Japanese dude head that floats around so and talks to you.
1: Yeah, I think they honestly sold a bunch of those to the same crowd that was getting uh the nintendo wii as this like thing for adults that aren't traditional gamers
0: mm-hmm. one of my favorite games on brain age was the one where it's it posts the color you had to you had to tap the color that the font was in so oh would, yeah
2: yeah yeah it would say red but it would be in blue and yeah you
0: would, <laughs> you'd have to say blue into the microphone or something yeah. like that yeah, yeah. So uh, after that, two thousand and five, March twenty fourth, came out the PSP, the PlayStation Portable. Not surprisingly, I got this on release night.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> with an R, with a uh, uh, I got Ridge Racer, and I got um, Spider Man. Came up, uh, the movie came in with a pack in, and I went and picked it up uh, midnight and played uh, Ridge Racer and watched Spider Man all night long. The cool thing about this was Nerd. is that he, really, really. <laughs> You, of all people, is going to call me out on being a nerd. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs>
0: rechargeable. The battery, um, it didn't last super long. I got two of them. You can recharge them both and swap them out. But it did a good job. I mean, I, I still, I mean, it's a good, it was a great system to me. It has a huge screen. Uh, I think the big failure of the PSP is the
1: fact that you look at the universal media mm disk, and they decided to take the disk, which uh, blew up digital media because it was so easy to produce, and it's like, let's add several mechanical components to this and make them expensive to
0: uh, produce. Well, Sony has always been, they they got their boner on proprietary proprietary stuff. So when you get a Sony camera, you can't just use a regular SD card on it, you have to use their memory stick. You know, you get a PSP, you have to use their UMD universe. Yeah,
1: but they added an additional mechanical point of failure mm-hmm. to the media, which I, I very, very silly. Yeah. Uh, my experience with the PSP was basically for the couple years I worked at a video game store. Like, we'd have ones in the case, and I'd, like, plug it into the wall and play with the used games when it was slow. Yeah. I mean, it's- <laughs> And it was a cool enough system, but I was just like, this is neat because I can play it for free. I'd never buy this.
0: Yeah, I played it a lot. Um, I had, again, when uh, when I was working at um, Starbucks when this came out, and I actually had a couple geek friends that came in, and we were able to network these together. And that was another cool thing, is that you were able to network these wirelessly. You didn't have to use any cables, so you can play games together, play games over the Internet with each other, which added on a little bit of multiplayer to it. But... um, It really, it really was struggling. Sony's been struggling a lot with their portable systems, mainly because every time, uh, they come out, hey, we've got the PSP, and we've got a new one, a little bit cheaper, doesn't have internet, but it has, you know, this, that, and the other to it. And then Nintendo says, "Hey, we've got 3D."
1: Yeah, boom. Yeah, they just keep getting crushed by Nintendo's innovation and dominance.
0: Like everybody else gets steamrolled by Nintendo. Yeah, in the uh, handheld. So arena. Nintendo came out with the 3DS actually not that long ago. It was released 2011, mm-hmm. and it is a 3D gaming system that you don't need those funky glasses for. Now, yep. Joel, your kids have this one, don't they?
3: Yeah, they've they've uh, got the 3DS system and they don't use the 3D feature too much. It's a little funky. But it, it, they loved it. I mean, they played the crap out of it until uh, we got a tablet later on. But they still play with it occasionally, and and you know it had other things besides just the games. I mean, they would make like stop motion animation on it. Cause it had a, a camera, and um, they would play like uh, they could sync up with each other and play because each had their own, mm-hmm.
2: um,
3: and so they could play like Mario Kart Seven against each other on it, um, and and other games. And I mean, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I even would play it some times, too. I mean, it's just a solid gaming system, you know, like the the Game Boy was originally.
1: There was something interesting about what you said, is that that? they played this until the tablet. Now, I, I want... I just want to make note of that, because we're going to come back to that point real soon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> so the 3DS comes out. It's got uh, a cross controller, and it also has a uh, th- almost like a 360 stick on the side also. Yeah. yeah
1: it, it, you've still got the traditional Nintendo D-pad, but above that, there's like a button that is sort of like the, I, I don't know, the analog sticks at the
0: bottom of... A 360 or a PlayStation controller yeah yeah it really is and it they've actually recently come out in 2014 13 14 uh, they came out with a new 3ds that actually has they've honed they've actually honed in the 3d images a little bit better so now it's not as janky it doesn't give people headaches um, it yeah uses uh, it has micro SD support on there and the 3d um, the 3d images on these are apparently a lot better I really want to get one of these uh, there's a lot of games like Bravely Default and all those, a bunch of other RPGs that I really would like to play on this. Um, But yeah, it's got some great games. It's, you know, again, Nintendo has essentially led the way for handheld gaming ever since the Game Boy. I mean, it's really hard for any company to unseat Nintendo after the 10, 20, 30 years that they've been around. So, the last real contender in that area is the PlayStation with their Vita. Yes.
3: Oh. What? I just remember when that was coming out. I remember everybody talking about it.
0: Yeah, I have one, not surprised. I love portable gaming. You know, I have <laughs> I have commutes. Uh it has a 5 inch OLED touchscreen. It has Bluetooth, Wi- Wi-Fi, and there was a version that came out with 3G, but that was through AT&T and everybody was like, "Fuck you, AT&T. Nobody wants you." Huh?
3: somebody likes I know somebody says that.
0: Yeah. So, uh
3: <laughs> besides
0: me. Yeah. Um I really like the fact that I've they they have again their proprietary memory card but I've got a 32 gigabyte one that's in mine and Final Fantasy 7 play it on play that and there's a bunch of games that i have loaded on there because they've made a lot of the old uh playstation one playstation two games available on on the vita
3: so it's kind of like being backwards compatible but not with the actual game
0: yeah but you have to be able to download them it has cameras right. on the front that i never really use but the touch screen is is they have one on the front and they have one on the back which is kind of neat because there's several games where like there's a racer game that while you're playing you can touch the back of the screen to Make a rise, make a hill pop up on the on the racetrack, so you can jump. You know, there's and it's. It's got a lot of good games on there. I mean, uh, I can watch Netflix on it. You know, there's all sorts of other different applications that go on there. But I mean, the games I've got, you know, I've got Batman. I've got some RPGs. I've got enough to occupy my time, uh, including some games like there's a uh, Metal Gear Solid. There's um, what else is there? Uh, what's the one with the Sackboy, boy? What? Oh, yeah, S- Sackboy boy is Little Big Planet. Yeah, there's a little bit, <laughs> little oh. big planet. Oh. <laughs> what do you think I was talking about? I
3: like a grocery game it's a little sack boy and cougar girl or cougar boy. <laughs> cougar boy sack
0: boy and cougar boy
1: so what's interesting is with the possible exception of mike most of the world starting in Japan and reaching all the way on, like a bunch of people stopped using mobile gaming consoles because they discovered that the smartphone was almost as good, despite the lack of uh, dedicated buttons or D-pad.
0: Well, and part of that was the fact that the entire they when the the iPhone came out, you had a mm-hmm. touchscreen and you didn't need a funky st- stylus to do it. You could just it was one that you can just use your finger on, and little by little, games were able to adapt that into different, you know, puzzle games, RPGs, uh... Really,
2: the the App Store was the beginning of the end of handheld game consoles.
1: And that's the thing is... Oh, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, because once people learn to to develop apps and make games out of them, yeah, then forget it.
1: (laughs) And that's the thing is, everyone was like, well, what's going to finally unseat the Game Boy uh, DS line? And really, it started in Japan, where nothing did. It just, consoles stopped being a thing for handhelds, because more and more people were gravitating towards just playing games on their phone, or if they weren't playing games on their phone, they were probably playing on a PC or a traditional console that was hooked up to a TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've noticed this, like I, I have had many of these, I played for hours and hours, and they used to be a fundamental part of my life. Now, I mean I play on my PC, I play with my PS4, but I, every single day, I've got four or five different games on my phone that I at least check in on and get my like daily login bonus for.
0: See, and and that's the thing is that there's a lot of games on the phones that there's a new there's a new uh, dimension to the games. Like I play Ingress, oh, which, yeah. which is a GPS located game. It's one where you you have a like a statue, you have to claim different points, connect the points, and it's basically a, a best way to describe as a game of attrition. You're trying to claim <laughs> more uh, territory than the opposite team. But the cool thing about it was that I was able to discover neat stuff by following diff- these different points portals including in downtown naperville on the riverwalk there is a huge dick tracy statue that i would have never found if i had never played ingress um my mom personally is addicted to the jurassic park builder (laughs) my kids like that one yeah yeah
1: there's a lot of those like building type games where they are a little bit more complicated than something you would have found on facebook but not by a bunch i i play the fallout one like daily uh get play the fallout shelter oh yeah that's a great game um, you've also got a bunch of the match-three puzzle-style games. The, there's, the, I play two different ones every day. I'll play Puzzle and Dragons, and I'll play uh, the Magic the Gathering Puzzle Quest. I guess the Marvel Puzzle Quest is a big deal, too. I haven't tried it yet because I, I don't want to get sucked into another game that I feel like I have to log in every single day. There's a Magic the
0: Gathering Puzzle Quest?
1: Oh, yeah. just what? lost Mike. Yeah, it's a match three game where you match the mana symbols and uh, you could play as any of the five uh, big planeswalkers. It's uh, Liliana, Chandra, Jace... Uh, Let's see. Who's the green one? It's the elf chick. And I'm out of here. I'm
2: going to say this for Susie. Thank you, Josh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I play it every day, and as you're matching the uh, mana symbols, you can cast the cards that you've drawn into your hand, summon creatures to attack your opponent, and (gasps) since you are a Planeswalker, you can also get Planeswalker loyalty to use your Planeswalker abilities. It's
3: pretty sweet. How do I not notice this? (laughs) Your nerd cred has just (laughs) dropped
0: Oh my
1: yeah. God. I am. Well, I'm a match three fiend. I, I play so many different match three games, and I'm, I've gotten myself down to only playing two on the phone. Yeah, I know what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> wow. So, I, and. and I, you look at oh, uh, tablet games, and they're not all phone games. You've got some mobile games, and you've got some versions of games that are like almost full PC games.
3: Well, no. like um, – oh, sorry. Go,
1: go ahead. I don't own a tablet. This is all you, man.
3: I Well, I was going to say, like, um, that's how my kids – Love affair with Minecraft started is um, they could play the Minecraft Pocket Edition on the the tablet, and until they reached to a certain point where it just kind of got to be, you know, where they just kind of get to a, a point where it just stopped being interesting. You had to carry it over to the Xbox 360 and or you know to a PC to kind of expand on it. But uh, Jurassic Park Builder um is another one that that Isaiah played a lot um and there's a lot of great games on the app store that you can play on there like um is it singing monsters or yeah i i hate that game
1: <laughs> i tried it. i i started it back in november and realized it's another one of those where it's great for the first two weeks and it's like anything you want to do now takes 48 hours or you can pay us money
3: right right uh 5 nights at freddy's um you know as of course and then um I don't know. I mean, they they find so much use out of the tablet. Plus, you have the camera and you've got the internet capabilities and um, I mean, it just it, it kind of was like the 3DS, but with a lot more to it and a bigger screen. So it wasn't quite having to take the TV away, you know, so you can play on there. But you could still kind of have the same functionality.
0: Well, and the... they've also done things on a, uh, taking PC games that we've we've known before. Like Baldur's Gate mm-hmm. is currently on a tablet. Uh, Patrick, uh, the Shadowrun games is on a tablet also.
2: I play them on my PC. That's fine for me. Well,
0: yes. yeah, but it's interesting that you've got games like Shadowrun
1: or XCOM that look almost as good as they do on the PC, but can be played on the go. Right. Yeah. So, And that's why I titled this section, like, blurring the line between PC games and phone games. Because when it started, it was all, like, builders and like SimCity-ish clones where you can do this thing. It looked like a Facebook game almost, or you had basic puzzle games. That's still where phone games mostly are. You're starting to get some of the digital CCGs, like Hearthstone is on tablet and PC, mm-hmm. and, and
0: iPhone. I play that also. I mean, it's... Well, Go ahead.
3: Oh, I was going to say, aren't the phone games the ones that have all the ad, the big ads now, like the with Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff, that are kind of becoming more...
1: Well, yeah, they've been trying to push mobile gaming as because it really does have a nice hook where you offer a certain amount of content for free, and then you have some of your content is walled behind stuff that tempts people to pay for it. And then you've got the people who can't control themselves, they just fund the game for everybody else by like spending thousands of dollars on things for their phone game.
3: Yeah. And the, I know both of those people.
0: Well, another one of the phone games that I really enjoy is... Uh, Josh, have you played Final Fantasy Record Keeper? I have stayed away from the Final
1: Fantasy stuff. Mainly, I don't know, I think it's a mental thing for me. They tend to be overpriced.
0: Well, this one's free, quote-unquote. Um, but the cool thing about this one is, is that you're going back through all the old games and replaying boss battles.
1: Oh, that's cool. I may yeah. have
0: to try that. Yeah.
1: When There's a freemium game. If it isn't pay-to-win, mm-hmm. I will the maximum amount of fun and content out of a game without spending a dime on it. Like, I have tournament quality Hearthstone decks for every
0: uh, category, mm-hmm. and I've never spent any money on it. Oh, Freemium. Freem- and that's and that's the thing, is like, the, nowadays, like, remember, uh, what was it? Farmville. Yep. You know, I know people that were like, oh my god, I've got to go back and farm my, I never got into Farmville. Uh, we do know somebody, one Mr. John Farm, <laughs> <laughs> who got a little bit too much into Farmville, uh, um, but yeah. So much so
2: that he named himself after it.
0: Exactly. He legally changed his name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I played that kind of stuff a little bit. Yeah. I mean it's never
2: have myself.
0: No, it don't and don't I mean it's it's the thing is with myself is yeah, there's Farmville and I have a f- couple friends that play the clicky games or the ones where you know you play it and you have to wait forty eight hours before something else happens. But now I mean Grand Theft Auto is on your phone. You can get Grand Theft Auto uh, Liberty City uh, stories for four bucks. That's a lot of entertainment for that amount.
1: But it's interesting that we're starting to see triple game, triple A games starting to borrow elements from the mobile gaming sector. Uh, When you strip everything away, I was telling you guys, I realized that the multiplayer component of uh, Metal Gear Solid Five is basically Clash of Clans. Really? Like you've got your base. You build the defenses, and while you're offline, people can assault your base to take your resources. Huh? And uh, you can spend real money to get additional stuff for your base. Like It is totally the business model and gameplay of Clash of Clans. Granted, there's a little bit more to it, because when you're attacking somebody's base, you're not just tapping on a screen. You're doing the Metal Gear like infiltrating behind guards and slitting their throats or knocking them out or whatever. Or, or not doing that
0: and... Missing that and having to go full on Rambo.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Running around with a rocket launcher, whatever. But it's basically when you strip away the stealth game mechanic, it is Clash of Clans. And I found that interesting where they're trying to get some of the pay to get better, pay to get a boost, that kind of element, even into the AAA console. So I thought it was worth talking about since we're talking about mobile games.
0: hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Pat, do you play any games on your phone?
2: I don't really play any of like the. I don't play any RPG games or any kind of storyline games. Majority of the stuff that I play is either card or dice related, or like I play words with friends and things like that. You know, but I don't. I don't get into any of the episodic or storyline type stuff.
1: You should. Definitely- you get smashed at trivia, crack. <laughs>
2: Shut up.
0: <laughs> well,
2: I, I'm so sad that that game lost its popularity and fizzled out. So I love that game, but nobody will play anymore.
0: Trivial Crack. Yeah, Trivia
2: I, I
1: uninstalled yeah. it. Yeah,
2: no. I mean, I, I every time I try to start a game with anybody, it would just expire. That was the thing that was that was its downfall. It only gave you two days to t- to finish a turn. Really? And that you know, a lot of people just would forget about it. And, you know, I mean, two days is easy to forget about a game if you're not, you know, yeah, if, See, if you're you know, not addicted to it. So I'm you know, a
0: big fan. Have you played Quiz Up? Yeah, I like that one. Okay, I'm on QuizUp. You got to look for me on QuizUp. I love. All right, it. I'll
1: find
2: you.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. So before we uh,
3: wrap up, let's let's Wait. talk about these games. <laughs> what did you have? Joel has something to say
0: about mobile gaming. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I didn't ever get a touch on anything. I did. Um, oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's all right. Um, there was a period when uh, I was kind of in between jobs where I and and started a new one where I had kind of you know you're waiting around for interviews and stuff that you just. Looking for something to do, so I have my phone and I loaded up Angry Birds and got addicted to that. And then Angry Birds Star Wars. And then um, I got into uh, some of the ones like you were talking about: Words with Friends, Trivia Crack. Uh, what was the drawing one? Um, oh, draw, I like
1: that. I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, one. draw something.
3: Draw something, which I really enjoyed. Which I wished I had had on a bigger, like a bigger screen, like a tablet for that one. Um, and then the one that I mentioned when we started talking about this show that none of you seem to have heard of was Angry. Grand, Angry Grand Toss, where you have a cannon and you shoot a grandma out of it, and you gotta <laughs> get as far as possible. And it's I, similar I, to a lot
2: of the Mega Touch games, they had those kinds of things.
3: Well, there was, there's a whole series of, there's like Angry Granny Run, and Angry Granny Run 2, and Angry Granny something, Rampage, or something like that, but the Toss one was the one that I played, and it was stupid, stupidly simple, but there was just some fun about it, and luckily I never got into like the, the farming games or anything, but yeah, I use my phone a lot, I don't anymore, I've deleted all the games off it, because it just takes too much battery power you know
0: yeah that is part of it but like like if you play ingress i have a uh 6000 uh, whatever who's it extra battery that i carry around with me when i go play ingress because it'll eat up between the gps and the screen and the internet it it your your battery just completely gets inhaled But, um, again, I mean, the, the phone gaming system, I mean, it's like, I finally just recently got a 10-inch screen, um, uh, tablet, and I'm really looking forward to being able to play things like, uh, Neverwinter on there, because now I, you know, as I can carry it around with me and be able to play it that way, whereas, you know, if I'm at work, I can play it on my lunch versus, you know, I can't have to wait till I get home to play it. You know what I mean? That's why I, that's why I always liked portable games, because I love video games, and being able to just take out a system and be able to play something that I'm used to playing uh, either on a console or on my PC was just very appealing to me.
1: All right, so when it comes to the mobile games, I, I had a couple questions I wanted to hear you guys' answers to. Uh, in specifically mobile games, what's everybody's favorite game from, say, pre-2000? Ooh.
2: Well, mine would be easy because it was the only one I had. It would have to be that football game, the Mattel football game.
3: Mattel football,
1: pre two thousand.
2: Because it was the only one I had, and I didn't own a Game Boy.
0: Uh, huh? Pre- We're just talking for obviously handheld systems or handheld. Absolutely, Mo- things, mobile, so. gaming. Um, mobile gaming. Mobile gaming pre two thousand has got to be one of the Final Fantasy Legend games from for the Game Boy. I, th- I think uh, for me, I'll let Joel think a little bit. It's got to be Tetris. I mean.
1: I was just obsessed with Tetris. I'm still pretty decent at it. Tetris is still one
0: of those just like comfort games, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to that's a good I way do to look like at
2: Tetris. It. But I've never played it on a Game Boy. I've only played it on the phone.
0: Oh, it's not the same. It's not the
3: same, man. There's something about playing it on a Game Boy that's just really, really appealing. Um, for me, It's that's a tough call because, I mean, Tetris is really probably going to be my answer. But I, we didn't talk about this, and I don't know where it fits in with everything else. But I had a one of those little mini um, versions of the full-size arcade games, like the little tiny ones, that was Pac-Man. Oh, And I used to play the crap out of thing when i when i was little or younger i should say i wasn't little at that point but i don't know if it falls into this category but i don't remember seeing it on our list anywhere and it is handheld so pac-man does counts that, does that count yeah, yeah i'd I'm, say so i'm still gonna go with tetris though because it that doesn't game.
2: count as much as math does
3: no <laughs> shut up that's <laughs> thank you wow that's a joel joke um <laughs> that's right, pretty good pat um tetris though hands down i mean i could play that for hours if i had a game boy all right. Literally.
1: And how about from now? Oh. For now?
3: I right, can. Well, play. this
2: is going to be simple for me again. I, the only one I own is Brain Age, so there you go.
1: And you like it, Brain Age better than anything on your phone?
2: Oh, yeah, the
3: phone. I forgot the phone count. Yeah.
2: Okay, okay. let me think then. Keep thinking. Um, okay, good. This is a good podcasting. We're all going to be quiet and think for a while. Listen I mean, to us think.
3: I don't play any games on my phone anymore because of the whole battery issue and just kind of getting annoyed with the updates constantly Updating and, and again eating battery power when you we weren't even playing. Um, so you know I, you
1: can kill
0: apps, right? Yes. Like, shut the. Um,
3: I I would probably go with uh, Angry Birds. I think. Star that's Wars, fair. Angry Birds, Star Wars.
0: Angry Birds, Star Wars, very specific. Yeah, I'm going to go with Star
3: Wars, because the, the, <laughs> I had a lot of fun with enjoying all of the, the individual, you know, the characters that they had versus the regular Angry Birds.
2: Mine would probably have to be my Gin Rummy game, because Gin is one of my favorite card games, and it's real hard to find people to play with you, unless I'm in the poker room.
0: Mm, that's very old man of you.
2: Yeah, I love that game, though. It's, I love that game more than any other card game. I love it more than poker.
3: I'll play with you on that. My aunt and I used to play that all the time, and...
1: Yeah, my dad, uh, my dad
3: and I used to play that as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I love In fact, I I don't think I've ever beaten my dad at gin rummy. Oh, it's fantastic for me it's all about the tactical RPGs and as much as I love Final Fantasy Tactics and Advance Wars it's all about Fire Emblem Ooh. where you are st- you've still got the RPG elements of the story but you're playing instead of having like all of my guys are on the right and all of the bad guys are on the left and I select fight or item or whatever you actually have to move your guys around on the board and their position on the board matters for their attacks and in the Fire Emblem emblem series just like the advance Wars series if a character dies they're just dead permanently no more story for that character and there's just something about that where it adds an additional level of tension to all of these ed- tactically complex battles. What game is that? Fire Emblem. Uh, Mm. It's an awesome series. And if you uh, like the idea of how that game sounds, but would like it with more of a military and less of a swords and sorcery flavor, that's Advance Wars. Oh yeah. And both of those are
0: available for your DS.
3: There ain't Hmm. no coming back, man. There ain't no coming back.
0: That's interesting. It's an interesting concept. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Fire Emblem is awesome. Josh, I'm almost in the same genre of of you as this, but I am a huge fan of the Discaus Series. Oh, scale is good. Yeah, Disgaea is a. It- Let's see, the first Disgaea, you are the son of the Overlord of Hell, and you're trying to take out your father in order to, to <clears> claim Hell as your own. But it has this ridiculous overpoweredness to it, where you can get to, like, level 999, do millions of points of damage. Uh, but the thing is, it's, it plays, like Josh said, where you have this, uh, this strategy of positioning your characters on the board to do combo attacks, to do be able to throw each other to uh, unreachable areas, and then there's this weird um geo panel thing on there where if your characters are standing on one color panel and the enemies are on another they get either pluses or bonuses and you can destroy them and just, the i've got the the hint guide for this one and it's like 300 pages long
1: sure yeah Disgaea is definitely a tactical rpg it's just more anime flavored and the bigger numbers i think fall into that yeah oh, those are yeah. great games yeah oh. and
3: you made me think of two other games my kids like: Terraria and Pixel Gun.
0: Terraria is a lot of fun too. Love Terraria. Yeah, another one that I've been playing a lot of also is uh, Persona. The Persona
1: series gets weird, though, where you've got like kids who are killing themselves in school. Like, I love them, but they're controversial.
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, it's, I mean, the one, I mean, like, I went to go get the Persona game for my uh, PSP when I first got it. I went to, I don't know why I decided to go find this game at Best Buy, but I went in there. I'm like, looking for this game called Persona. Oh, and she's like, well, can you describe it to me? Maybe I, maybe I know it. Maybe I just can't, you know, I know the game. I just can't, don't know the title. I'm like, well, it's about these high school kids and they summon demons to fight for them and they, summon the demons by shooting themselves in the head with these special guns and i'll go now so you don't have to call (laughs) security (laughs) you're on a watch list yeah pretty much
1: And it looks like any other questions I had, we kind of covered in the episode itself. Yeah. So So what are we doing next week? So next week, uh, we're talking about reading then and now, like books in general. We talked about how difficult it is, because we're a geek-themed show, to uh, like compare a a line of fantasy novels. Because we'd all have to read them and uh, like find one that we were all interested in and have the
0: time to finish these books. So why don't we just talk about books? Yeah. Yeah, and that is and that is what we're going on uh, for next week. Uh, what did we read when we were kids? What did we read in high school? What are we read in college? What are we reading now? And how did we read it?
1: Yeah, are we all about the Kindle? or Are we uh, reading on our phones? Or are we just, like, reading books? Heck, do we stop reading books when we didn't need to for school anymore? Well, yeah. We're going to talk about all
0: that stuff next week. Yeah, so, uh, also, if uh, you would like to get in touch with us, remember, you can always call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That 708-669-9727 you can also find our older shows on iTunes, Blueberry Stitcher and TalkShoe and eventually uh, Google uh, Play will have a uh, podcast and um, Spotify has just recently gotten to podcasts also huh. yeah, wacky so uh, right. now that I know about this Match 3 The Gathering game, I'm going to go waste the next couple hours playing this. So thank you, Josh.
1: Hey, right, no problem. I'm going to go try and track down that mobile billiards game so I can go play Pocket Pool.
3: <laughs> <laughs> On that note, yeah, good night, kid. That was Bugs Bunny, I think.
2: Yeah, that, was, <laughs> yeah, that pretty much worse. It's <laughs> definitely got stepped up from gum.
0: All right, good night, folks. Thanks for listening.
2: I yeah. just rebooted Skype.
0: Okay, now where's Joel? Joel, add him to him the him group to call. His name is Joel. He's got no hair. He's got tight balls it's all the way down there. His <laughs> name... <laughs> too, too hot, too cold, too young, too old. Yeah, but I would do that day. <laughs>